What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. Another edition of the NASCAR DFS podcast. I'm Dan Malin. I'm joined by Matt Sells. He's the FSWA two-time NASCAR writer of the year. Matt, we are going to Indy Road Course this week. How do you feel about that? Uh, so I'm pretty excited. It's a new course for the Cup Series. Uh, obviously, we all watched that crazy exciting finish uh, at the end of the Xfinity Series last year uh, where there was like a four-wide pass in a turn that nobody suspected was a passing zone. Um, so that was pretty sweet. In terms of back-to-back road courses, I mean, you put this many road courses on the schedule, it's going to happen, right? There's no <laughs> there is no way to really split up the schedule and not have back-to-back road courses. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, obviously raced Watkins Glen last weekend. Uh, Kyle Larson locked down his fifth win of the season. Six, if you include the all-star race win. Um and somehow, somehow, Dan, is still tied with Denny Hamlin. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. NASCAR values consistency way too much. <laughs> right, but here's the problem. They both have 12 top fives and 10 top tens. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, uh, I don't know, 18 top tens, whatever it was. But Larson's got five wins and more stage points and more laps led. That and just, like, the pure eyeball test has just tell, told everybody that Larson by far has been... The, like it, uh, ma- it, makes no yeah. it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Then all after all of this hard-fought battle, the winner of the regular season championship gets 15 extra playoff points, which doesn't really even help you for one whole race in the playoffs. Yeah. So um, we'll see. There's talk of them redoing some of the points maybe next year. We'll see. I doubt it because NASCAR doesn't like to listen to people very often. Mm-hmm. Um but we'll see. But, you know, Denny did have a pretty good showing at Watkins Glen last week. Not as good as Larson, obviously. Um, and by the way, how about Chase Elliott uh, closing down like a 15-second lead down to two seconds uh, with like 20, with what, 12 laps to go? It was pretty nuts. It was impressive. Can't say anyone's necessarily surprised. Um, <clears throat> his pitch strategy early on in the race was kind of strange because he was he was clearly able to move up through the field but then he was pitting at very odd times and it was almost like he was pitting too many times well at lap 30 it's because he locked up his tires and had a flat spot okay so he had to get them because the tire is going to wear faster in a flat spot you're also going to lose grip faster so he kind of had to bite the bullet there um but i guess that I don't know if we can say it helped or not. He didn't wind up winning. He was able to close. The problem was that there was too many laps left that Larson could play the strategy game and just wait it out and pit within a close window and then not have to worry about his tires. It's crazy, though, because, like, for the most part, you probably approached last week. um, I'm I'm sure the optimal lineup had both Elliott and Larson in it. But even without Elliott leading a single lap, he started, he started a lap, well, he was scored from 11th, but started from the rear, finished second, and on a course that only had 90 laps, he didn't lead any laps, but he had 22 of the fastest laps, and he was still very optimal. He put up, he didn't put up 6x value, but he put up 61 points. It's very hard for someone in that price range to hit that level of value. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, you can say the same thing about him at Road America, because he started in the back now. Granted, he was counted as starting in the back of Road America. 
Right. He was. He actually started like what thirty fourth, thirty first, laps, twelve fastest laps. Right. So he still put up an immense amount of dominator points. The difference though is he actually got credit for moving up through the field. This time he actually moved up through the field twice and only got credit for the last nine guys he passed. So <laughs> kind of things for him. Um, there were there. Last week was one of the worst DFS weekends I had in a while. It was a little it was a little rough. Somehow I basically managed to essentially break even. <clears throat> Not anything to, you know, write home about for sure. Uh, my betting streak did come to an end. Because uh, I did not actually have Larson in there. I just didn't think that this was going to be his week. I thought there was several stronger contenders like yeah. kind of starting around him. Um, I was sitting very pretty in the truck series. Uh, I only pl- I played $71 in the truck series. But for consistently through the first two stages, I was doing so well that I was I was up about 300 which I'll, I love in the Xfinity series because the only GPP that I max out in, in for trucks is going to be the happy hour, and that's just 20 bucks. And so my lineup construction was perfect. But then I was also incredibly heavy on A.J. Allmendinger in a truck race. And so once he started having issues, I started, like, just bleeding money. I may I went from being consistently up about three to $400 most of the race, and then I only ended up winning $12. So be it. It was, it was still money. And then in the Xfinity series race, there was – a lot of overlay for the slingshot and that's a three dollar mm-hmm. 20 max contest so i max entered that with the 20 lineups that i made in stage three i actually launched into second place in the slingshot and i went up to about eight hundred dollars and almost instantly like it was it was as soon as i got into second place eric this is jones, not this eric is not jones the first just, time this has happened to you either correct like, eric jones just knew he's like oh i gotta i gotta go ruin dan's day Watkins Glen is one of my best tracks at the Cup Series level, and he goes and he wrecks the 31 car that he was running in. And it was it was a strange weekend for him because Watkins Glen is strangely a road course track that he's done very well at, and he just had a bad weekend, and he ruined my yep. Saturday. And then <clears throat> Sunday's Cup didn't race, do any, yeah, Sunday was a disaster. Sunday's Cup race, I just had bad reads. I'll own it, but I'm I'm much I'm very looking I'm I'm very excited for. And then I uh, flipped. Piracy. I was debating on prize picks. I gave out five prize picks. I played all five of them on one ticket. Three of them hit for the overs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two of them I was waffling between was they were both at 27 fantasy points, which on prize picks basically means you got to finish 14th or better to hit because all you're getting is, is points for finish position on prize picks. It starts at 40th for first, goes down to one for 40th. Okay, so... All you got to do is if they got to hit over 27 points, they got to finish better than 14th, regardless of where they start. doesn't matter if they go backwards to finish there or not. Tyler Reddick and Brad Keselowski were both at 27 points. (laughs) And I was pretty sure that Brad Keselowski could finish better than 14th. Starting on the pole, pretty good track for him. Uh, He'd been looking better of late. Oh, for sure, he's going to finish better than 14th. You were the only one on Sunday touting Brad Keselowski, though. There were a lot of people on Twitter that were talking up, you know, Brad Keselowski to probably finish the best amongst the Fords. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think he was going to win. I didn't think he was going to win, but I thought a top 10 was pretty safe, and he was going to lead maybe all the laps up to the comp caution. Uh, And then I thought Tyler Reddick was going to maybe sneak into the top 20. Um 
but not finish 14th. Well, turns out if I had bet the over on Reddick and the under on BK, I would have hit the five, uh, the the five play parlay there and turned 20 bucks into 200 bucks. Instead, I turned 20 bucks into eight bucks. So that was awesome. <laughs> because Brad Kislowski decided to crap all over everybody Sunday. All right. <clears throat> Let's turn our attention to Indy. Uh, I apologize if <clears throat> I'm clearing my, clearing my voice too much or if I cough. I'm still dealing with the same cough that I had a week ago. But we are at Indy's road course. <clears throat> Let's talk about the track really quick because this is unlike most tracks that we've seen them run road courses at. There, there are going to be no changes in elevation. It's a very flat road course. There are a ton of runoffs, meaning that if if a driver misses a turn, if they lock up, there are plenty of spots that they can just drive straight off the track. So get ready to see Kurt Busch pull a DRC where he drove through the infield again. Exactly. Um, what else? Uh, you were talking about this before, is that no ma- they never really hit the banking in the turns for the, the quad oval. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's just a very flat road course with long straightaways uh, and some incredibly tight turns. One, two, seven, and 12 seem to be the toughest turns for everybody to handle. Um, I just got done rewatching last year's Xfinity Series race. That was the case then. Um, and this course is shaped like an inhaler. So if we could get that <laughs> trending and, and get that to be the nickname, it's the new paperclip. Uh, this road course is the inhaler. I don't think it quite has a ring to it as um, the paperclip does. But, it yeah, doesn't... I mean, you know, it has some breathtaking turns, shall we say? If there we're you go. Off the there inhaler. you go. Um, turn one, if you're not familiar with this, if you didn't watch the Xfinity race from last year or – you haven't seen any of the Indy. Um, Indy will actually, Indy cars run this track like two weeks before the Indy 500. They run the Indy Grand Prix, uh, and it's on the Indy road course. So they actually run the front straightaway backwards from what they normally do on the oval. Um, and then they head into a very sharp turn one and two complex. That's a very quick right-hander and a very quick left-hander. Um, and then a couple of um, shorter turns. Then you get another straightaway that basically goes in the opposite direction of the front stretch into turn seven, which is, I would say, if I remember correctly, it's like turn 12 at Coda, where you come down the back stretch of Coda and you have like a 35 mile an hour turn. That's basically turn seven. And you kind of continue to weave your way um, around the infield back onto the short shoot between what would normally be turn one and turn two, you go backwards down the short shoot. So you're going from turn two to turn one on the oval and then back into the infield for a little chicane business. And then you kind of bleed out onto the front stretch, basically off of like pit road, essentially. Um, But you're never really on the banking of the turns in the oval. So it's, it stays fairly flat. Um, Again, uh, there will be some cup guys that have experience on this because they simply drove the Xfinity. Mm-hmm. They were in the Xfinity race last year. Uh, there are two namely, cup guys running uh, the Xfinity Series race on Saturday, too. Kevin Hart right. and Austin Dillon. And this is not the first time we've seen either one of those guys run road courses in Xfinity <clears throat> this year to get more practice. We will, by the way, have a practice session for Cup Series. Uh, this weekend, we will also have on-track qualifying. 
The problem with on-track qualifying is that it's at 9 o'clock Eastern Sunday morning. The race is at 1. The race is at 1 Eastern Sunday afternoon. So <laughs> for those of you on the West Coast, have fun getting up at 6 a.m. to go watch qualifying and then set your lineups by 10 a.m. Sunday morning. Um, you know, the playbook will be coming out Saturday. I'm going to do my best to, you know, pare it down based off of who we pretty well know is good at road courses. Um, if there are any surprises for, you know, guys that qualify poorly or guys that qualify really well, I will add those um, to the playbook Sunday morning. You know, kind of like I did with Tyler Reddick at Coda because uh, he was on the poll. And, um, yeah, it's kind of the, the flow of stuff. I don't know. I haven't fully decided. I know this is Wednesday night and the track breakdown usually comes out Thursday. Uh, <laughs> I have not yet fully decided if I'm doing a full track breakdown uh, this week or not. Because we kind of just gave you one. A, we kind of just gave you one. B, they've never raced it before. And C, <clears throat> it's not really comparable to any of the other road courses because all of the other ones, with the exception of maybe Daytona, have elevation changes. Right? Even even the Roval has some elevation change in the infield. It's not as steep as, say, Coda or Watkins Glen or Sonoma. But this one is flat. Like, Do you think you could make comparisons to Martinsville? In terms of it being flat? Flat, tight turns? Yeah, I mean, you can, but you only ever have to make a left turn at Martinsville. You just got to do it a thousand times. Sure. Um <laughs> But, um, I mean, you know, it it holds water compared to other road courses. I could put the last, you know, several road courses up there so people could see what they do. But I don't think that it'll be your standard um, full track breakdown. Also, the post one, but it won't be the full track breakdown. And then rankings will be out Saturday because I want to see what these guys look like on track before I give you an idea of where they should fit for, uh, you know, games and whatnot so there'll be a little bit of a break on friday between content unless i put the track breakdown out on friday which is possible um yeah one thing that we we haven't talked about regarding the track that i think is important uh pit road at indy is incredibly narrow Mm -hmm. and we saw it come into play at last year's cup series race Um, and now they're going to be doing it backwards do you think it's still going to be an issue um given because the entrance to uh pit road on the road course there is kind of like a runoff so there is there is a stretch of pavement or concrete that where they can like get down to pit road speed they can enter single file it's it it i think on the road course it may not play as big of a role as we saw it play last year uh when i think ryan blaney's uh tire changer broke his leg because he got stuck between the 12 and another car well, there was also the guy that tried to parallel park it in the uh, entrance to pit road, right? I don't remember who did that, but they came in sideways. Um, uh, and I want to say it was LaJoy in the Trump car. It may have been. Yeah. It may, that He was definitely involved in that. I don't know if yeah. he was the one that got sideways. But, yeah, that was a disaster. So, um, I think the trickier part is that they're pitting backwards again. Um, so, it'll be similar to what we saw them do at... Okay. Road America, where they pull in so that the uh, right the passenger side of the car is towards pit wall, not the driver's side. So they got to kind of reverse their 
choreography there. Um, I think the fact that you're coming in at a slower speed, even onto the entrance to, you know, the lead up to pit road probably helps. It's also more of a single file. I mean, yeah, pit road at Indy narrows pretty quickly, but pulling off of the front stretch on the oval, you can be coming three, four wide, and then it's just a battle of who's going to break last, right? Um, So you'll see some slower times. Uh, I have to double check. Do you know if the Road America pit strategies? The rules? I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Because at Road America, they didn't allow you to take um, tires and fuel tires and gas at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I have to dig into that. I'm not sure. I haven't seen really anything on that. In last year's Xfinity Series race, they were allowed to take both. Okay. It's possible that the only reason they have it for Road America, and I think it might only have been the, for the um, Xfinity Series, is because it's not the normal pit crews doing it at Road America. Because right. usually you have the, the cup pit crews also serve as Xfinity. And at Road America for Xfinity, the cup guys are in Sonoma. Um, but we, we <clears throat> dig into that. I'll double check. I don't think it's going to be an issue. But, again, we'll double check. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be, you know, it's another road course. This one's <clears throat> a fairly decently long uh, road layout. Um, so there's not going to be that many laps in this week's race. Much like there weren't that many laps last week, not, you know, it's pretty standard operating <clears throat> procedure for a road course at this point. Yeah, race. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head for this year, but last year's Xfinity race was like 64 laps. Yeah, it's 150, like it's <clears throat> 150, um, so I can look up real quick what the, uh, it's a 2.439 mile uh, road course in case anybody was wanting that all the way down to the third decimal um so yeah i can um you know i'll definitely have that for you by the time the uh, track breakdown comes up but it's the verizon 200 of the brickyard so again i don't suppose there's going to be that many laps for the for the race this week i love it um just regarding xfinity really quick uh <clears throat> the best bets article will actually be out on thursday uh i wrote that ahead of time um i don't have too many quick notes on dfs for xfinity aside from the fact that you know you're you're basically playing the guys that are good on road courses that'll be Sindrick, almondinger ty gibbs kevin harvick has strangely been very good at the xfinity level in bj mcleod motorsports equipment he got a fourth and a sixth between coda and i think road america um, and then you can scroll down. You can consider Sam Meyer. $9,000 is probably more reasonable. Last week he was 9700 He still paid off that price tag. Um, <clears throat> Andy Lally's in play. Max Pappas is in the race. Preston Pardis is kind of interesting. Alex LeBay, who was running consistently in the top 10 last year during the Indy course race. He's only 7200 <clears throat> He's a pretty good road racer as well. Um, other than that, I'll have the full breakdown with the playbook probably Friday night. Who knows? Maybe I'll even do it Thursday night during NFL preseason football. But with that, we are about 20 minutes into this podcast, and we have not gotten drive that, shall we? Yeah, now's a probably a pretty good time to, to talk about some drivers. I mean, I think we kind of already know. Uh, some of the key guys that we'd be talking about because, uh, you know. We talked about them last week. Yeah, we talked about them last week, so this is kind of why we're taking a little bit more time to get to the driver pool. 
because well, yeah, we also don't even know where they're starting. We just know that's true. Is. We don't know. We don't know where they're starting. We won't until hmm, four hours before the race, assuming that that happens, and assuming that nobody then, you know, needs a backup car and nobody gets penalized in tech and all that great stuff. Um, you know, the the guys at the top of the price list are the kind of <clears> guys you'd expect to see over ten thousand on DK for a road course. Like Chase Elliott leads away at eleven thousand. Kyle Larson, Truex. Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin are all over t- or ten thousand or above, right? Not shocking. Five best, arguably the five best road racers in the Cup Series. Here's and the reason I mentioned Martinsville uh, <clears throat> about five minutes ago was because Denny Hamlin does interest me. <clears throat> you know, he got a top five last week, and we talk about him being like a very consistent driver. Hasn't obviously dominated races, which has killed his DFS value, and I think it's gradually driven down ownership. <clears throat> and you're looking at how the prices are stacked this week. Chase Elliott's only $1,000 more than him. Kyle Larson's only 800 more. Kyle Busch is just 200 more, and <clears throat> Truex is just 400 more. I really like Hamlin this week uh, for <clears throat> some single entries, not all my single entries, but I really like him in single entries because if if – this is a flat road course, and I understand, like, you you said that the difference between, you know, this and Martinsville is that Martinsville, you're turning left a thousand times, and on this road course, sure, it's flat, but you have to turn right. I still liked what I saw from Hamlin last week. He got a top five. He had 14 of the fastest laps, which yeah. kind of blew my mind. I was not expecting that. Also led six laps. Exactly. Um, and so he still got a top five. He did look good, and I don't like the price jump to 10000 but Agreed. I do like him this week uh, as a GPP play. I don't want him to qualify outside the top 10, though, because then I feel like <clears throat> he becomes too appealing of a play. But if I'm looking at this from a a short, flat track comparison to Martinsville, where he dominated earlier this year and he had a really good race last year as well, Hamlin is a guy that I really like this week because – it's so easy for, to just look at this field and pay up for Elliot Larson, Truex, and Kyle Busch. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and by the way, you're talking about short flight tracks. Uh, Foxwoods, uh, New Hampshire, he was 10 grand there, started sixth, finished 10th, had 24 fast laps, one lap fled. So, you know, didn't really hit value there at 41. Again, it's a road course. We're not terribly concerned about value because almost nobody's going to hit it. Um, but even at just, Road America, you know, he got another top five. He didn't have any of the yep. fastest laps or laps led. But he had a very similar run at Road America as he did at Watkins Glen. Started sixth, finished fifth both times. Had one fastest lap and no laps led at, at um, <coughs> Road America. But, you know, pretty similar runs in that respect. So Top ten at Sonoma. Yeah. So, you know, Hamlin, I would ideally like to see Hamlin start between sixth and eighth to keep some of the buzz off of them, because you'd expect at least a couple of the guys in front of them to start better than that or further back, and then that's really going to... Like, if Chase has a bad qualifying, he's going to be lights-out chalk, right? Even if he has a good qualifying, he's going to be lights-out chalk. There's no way to avoid the Chase Elliott chalk this week, because it's a road course. The guy just does not lose road courses, unless, of course, it's to Kyle Larson twice this year, uh, by the way. Now, uh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's all right. Um, you can go ahead. I don't like the price jump for William Byron. 
though. I will say that. 9800 for Byron's a little steep. I kind of agree on the price tag on Byron. Uh, I know in previous podcasts we've said he's a good road course racer. And he did finish sixth last week. And by the way, he was the same price <clears> as DK. Exactly. Um, but it's again, it's weird to see Byron kind of, I mean, again, it is lower than he was the previous two weeks, the two races before that. But again, I just don't, I still don't think of Byron as like the sixth most expensive dude. If this was a week where we didn't have practice in qualifying and we knew the starting order right now, I think he'd probably be starting 10 to 12 and you could probably justify the price tag and you can, you can still justify the price tag, but you get, I get the sense that there will be one of these top five drivers that just presents tremendous PD due to yep. one of them qualifying poorly. And then you, you probably make the effort to pair that PD driver with a potential dominator and I think a lot of people just gloss over Byron. Or keep in mind, uh, if these guys have a wreck on Saturday in practice and they need to go to a backup, they can forego qualifying. Mm-hmm. If they don't run a qualifying run, they start in the back. So, like, let's say for sake of argument, one of these guys has a wreck and they need a backup car. Does the team rush? To finish the backup car so it can get a run in practice, take, let's say, an 18th place uh, starting spot and then have to drop to the back because they got a backup car? Or do you sit out qualifying? I think they do. The- we'll start in the back and take the time to to sort out the car. I think they do what Kyle Bush did at Road America. And I think he skipped qualifying because he had to go to a backup car. And he started 40th and he finished third. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Pay attention to this because you do get practice. A lot of these guys haven't been on this track before. I know they get simulator time and all that. Still not going to make up for actually being there, seeing the actual, you know. Because in the simulator, you don't necessarily race around other cars. Right? Like, I don't know if they're doing just private runs on the simulators or not. Also, there's really no penalty to hitting something in the simulator. You just restart the thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, we'll see. Austin Sindrick's going to be chalk no matter where he starts the guys. I wanted to talk to you and see what your thoughts were on the Penske drivers because this is if, – if Charlotte means everything to Hendrick Motorsports, I get the sense that Penske really wants to win at IMS. I would assume so, considering the fact he owns the track, right? <laughs> like, Penske Correct. bought IMS last year. Um, so I would say, like, as much as Ford <clears throat> wants to crush it in Michigan next weekend, yeah, Penske, which, yes, happens to be Ford, wants to crush it in India, <clears throat> right? Like, this is the date they circle on their calendar. And they've got Austin Sindrick, who is a road course fiend, uh, in this race, by the way, in his last cup race until next year. Um, and as a side note, this is also the last, I believe this is the last Xfinity race that cup drivers can go in. Is it not? Uh, I think you are correct with the playoffs looming. Yeah, I think they want to yeah. limit cup drivers because they just <clears throat> don't, don't want them want to have an impact on the last playoffs. couple of races before the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, Logano is a pretty sneaky good road racer. Kislowski's coming <clears throat> off a terrible weekend. Um, and I don't really think any of it was his doing, but... He's 8,200. 
Yeah. It's just far too cheap for a driver of his abilities. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> Blaney, let's not forget, Blaney's got a win at a road course, too, in his time at Penske. So I would say that the most <clears throat> popular guy for Penske is going to be Austin Cindric. Probably only because he's, strangely enough, he's going to have the most experience on this track. Yeah, didn't he win it in the Xfinity race last year? No, Chase Briscoe won it. Oh, Chase, right. Chase Briscoe is the only driver ever to have won on this track. Uh, right. Cindric should have like Cindric had the lead with like two laps left though. So right? Cindric had Cindric had the best car in the field in last year's right. race. What killed him though was a late restart. It was either in stage two or three, <clears throat> where he claims he was being pushed by Brandon Jones, but he fired before Briscoe did. And so Cindric had to go and do a pass-through penalty that took him out of the top 15, I think. Oh, okay. And he worked his way back up through the field. And he got back up into the top five. I think ultimately he finished fifth. Briscoe went on to win. Um, the finish for that race was phenomenal. But <clears throat> before Cindric's penalty on the restart, he had the fastest car. He was dominating the race. Clearly uh, just had <clears throat> the best car. Knew the track better than anyone else. And so he had the best car. And so that for that reason, I'm going back to him, and I think he probably wins Saturday's Xfinity race. And he's probably going to have a really good showing in the Cup Series race as well. Yeah, by the way, uh, speaking of Chase Briscoe, he's only $100 less than Kevin Harvick because Kevin Harvick is $8,000 this week. He was 8500 <laughs> at the Glen last week, and we said it was too cheap. Now he's 8000 why, why is Kevin Harvick? Could we could we possibly be overrating Austin Cindric a little bit just based on where he's finished in uh, the, the Cup Series? Because since Daytona, he hasn't finished in the top 20 in any of his Cup Series races. Yeah, I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's fair. Although, if you look at it, also to be fair, he hasn't had qualifying, right? So he's going to get hammered by the formula. Well, didn't they have qualifying for Road America, which he ran, and then they also had it for uh, Coda, correct? Yeah, and the car broke. The car broke at Road America. That's right. Right? He had, like, a transmission problem or something. Car broke. Uh, Coda, I'm just taking, like, I don't, I don't, I mean, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah. died (laughs) (laughs) yeah kurt bush went mudding instead of road racing and like but i mean if you look at yes okay i get it he hasn't finished inside the top 20 since daytona okay but atlanta started 39th finished 22nd toyota owners 400 which was richmond 38th start uh finished 28th bushy mcbush race 400 at kansas started 38th finished 22nd so he's moving up those races and he's 9400 now because it's a road course. <clears throat> I get that. Isn't he from Indiana? Uh, Briscoe is. Briscoe's from Indiana. Okay, I'm going to get those two confused like way too many times. Because <laughs> they're both like up and coming road course machines and like, you know. Um, but yeah, Briscoe at 7,900 <clears throat> versus Cindric at 9,400. I would take Briscoe. All right. Depending on. Depends on where they start. Yeah. But. Kevin Harvick at eight grand is too cheap too. I'm just saying, like uh, especially because he's going to be running the Xfinity race. 
Yeah, you could make a you could make a lineup right now. By the way, of De Benedetto seventy four hundred, McDowell seventy two hundred, Busher seventy one hundred, Redick is seventy six hundred, Chastain seventy seven hundred, Briscoe seventy nine hundred, Harvick is eight thousand. <clears throat> Why get out of the mid range? <laughs> well, that's the thing is like you once uh, DraftKings released salaries for this race, you saw a lot of people. On, I saw a lot of people on Twitter commenting about this mid range because basically. <laughs> Kurt Busch at 9,000 all the way down to essentially Chris Busher at 7,100. There's a solid argument that you can play anybody in this range at their price tag. Yeah, you could also play, by the way, Eric Jones is a sneaky good road racer in his own right, 6,700. I mean, I know he didn't have a great. He had a crap week last week. Right. Suarez, their stuff seems to break every time they get to a road course. Like, their transmission or their brakes or something seems to break every single time they're at a road course. Let's see. Uh, 31st last week, 36. Right, he had broke, it. He had uh, something broke and they fixed it. He was <clears throat> back on the track by like 12 laps down. Right. Uh, 12th at Sonoma, but I think he benefited from that, that last lap in the final turn and he avoided it. Yeah, exactly. So, and then it, um, road America, he, you know, he had that thing. He was stuck. At one part of the track, uh, they called it red something flag or something to get him towed back to the. Um, Started 11th, finished 36th. That was a yeah. Fourth of July for him. Um, and let's also mention, by the way, I mentioned Tyler Reddick. Austin Dillon is battling his teammate for the final playoff spot. Yeah. You realize that? That 16th and 17th in the standings are the <clears throat> Arsenal guys. So pending. You know, we could still have the scenario where if we make it to Daytona and they're still 16th and 17th and somebody outside the top, you know, let's say 18 wins it, then both of those dudes don't make it. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of an interesting storyline here for the next uh, couple of weeks is the fact that those teammates, one of them may make it and one of them may not. Um, yeah, I mean, LaJoy's still 5600 bucks. Jimmy Hill, by the way, got added. No, entry list in the Saw that, yeah. Not that I'm terribly interested in him. <laughs> um, just that he finagled his way back into a cup race. Um, he hasn't run a road course this year. He hasn't? Oh, at the cup level? At the cup level, no. At the cup level, well, okay. I guess there's, well, no, the duels were not held on the, the clash was held on the road course. The duels were held on the oval. Um... Oh, no, wait, I stand corrected. The O'Reilly Auto Parts 253 at Daytona. He ran the DRC. Uh, started 40th, finished 29th. But that's the only one he's run. Um, the people are dying to know, Matt. Yeah. He's playing James Davison this week. No. <laughs> uh, Fast Pasta can also go suck it, too. Uh, well... Well, I guess he had an okay week. He, he did okay. He didn't hit value. You know, he started 31st and he finished 26th. I think he was actually in the optimal lineup, though, last week. Strangely enough. Not a great race, but... Well, because he's 5,600 bucks <clears throat> and he allows Correct. you to fit Chase and Larson. So it doesn't yeah. really... It's just a spot filler to get you a higher average. <laughs> I do like Alfredo this week if he qualifies farther, far back enough. Uh, he ran the Xfinity race last year for in the 21 car for RCR. Did not have a great race by any means, but something. <laughs> When's the last time he had a great race? 
Oh, man. Uh, let's pull up his Xfinity drive. <laughs> a while ago. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah. No, I want to know. Um, yeah, so the mid-tier, <clears throat> you completely live in the mid-tier this week. Um, you also got Alex Bowman at 8,400. He's a sneaky good road racer. Blaney. Also, by the way, AJ Allmendinger, 8,800 bucks. I have no idea why he's only 8,800 bucks. You're going to make Sindrick 94. Allmendinger's got to be more expensive. Um, so, yeah, anybody from Kurt Busch all the way down to, like... I'll say this about Allmendinger. Last year, he basically had to drive through the field twice, and he got a top five at the... Uh, yeah, also, years. this year, we saw Allmendinger drive from basically dead last to, like, top five at Road America in, like, six laps. Yep. <laughs> so, it's AJ Allmendinger. Like, the... You know, his cup his so far his three cup road races this year started thirty fourth at DRC, finished seventh, started seventh at Coda, finished fifth, and then um at Road America something broke, I believe, with his car. Um started third, finished twenty ninth at five fastest laps. I believe that I feel like we talked about too many drivers. <laughs> I mean, only because the mid tier is real intriguing. The re- the mid tier is great, but how do you how are you approaching this week with practice and qualifying? Do you feel better about going heavier with GPPs, or are you sticking more to cash games like we did last week? I would I say that now. Last week. Yeah, I would say <laughs> that now that we know qualifying and practice, I would actually lean a little bit more GPP, so you can get a bit more contrarian. Um, on like a happy hour, twenty bucks. Yeah, because I feel like when you have um, the track history and it's just show up and race what you got, then people tend to stick with the more, well, like the guys that they know more. Right. But in practice, whatever edge you have at looking at data, like, okay, green flag speed over the last nine, ten road races, uh, what guys have done at similar tracks and whatever. Practice and qualifying basically has your standard player just going, oh, well, this guy ran great at practice and then had an okay qualifying, so I'm going to play him. So it takes away a lot of the edge mm-hmm. that you can gain. So I feel like GPPs are generally better for a weekend like this. Plus, nobody's driven this dang track. Anything can happen. Yeah. So It's weird because the Xfinity drivers from a year ago, like – or even now, like Cindric, Briscoe, Almondinger, like they are the vets on this track. Right, because they raced it a year ago in race conditions and similar cars to what they're going to have now. Um, so, yeah, I would say GPPs are probably better this week than cash because, again, anything can happen. A uh, guy can be having a real good race, miss one turn, and then drop like seven spots. <laughs> and then, you know, so it's kind of the way I'm leaning. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll just about do it. Matt, thank you so much for your time. Uh, We'll be on the lookout for Playbook, uh, Best Bets. Mine will be out on Thursday. Um, And we'll obviously be in the Discord uh, these weekends with practice and qualifying. Also, shout out to Big Day. Hope he and his son are doing better. Yes, absolutely. Shout out. Hope everybody's doing okay there. Um, Um, Yeah. But join us in the Discord this weekend. We will be there for both races. 
uh, updating, following practice, qualifying, just giving notes and answering questions all the way up to lineup luck. So with that said, Matt, best of luck to you and best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck, FA Nation.